You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. We're in the most familiar song written by David after he had done so wrong in his life. God's going to use you again. That's not my message, but God can use you. I don't care who you are, who I am, and our failures in our life. God always wants to use us. The Lord is my shepherd. That's personal. I'm so excited about speaking about the need of a shepherd in all of our lives. Yes, the chief shepherd. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 4, and when the chief shepherd shall appear. That's Jesus Christ. But in verses 1 through 3, there's the little shepherd. He calls them the elder. It's a Greek word that deals with the uh, poimen, or the, uh, the poimen, which is simply a shepherd. I'm a pastor. These men are pastors. The word pastor means a shepherd. And God calls his people, John chapter 10, sheep. And that doesn't mean the shepherd's the smartest man in the room, but someone has to shepherd. Someone has to be the shepherd in the home. You're a shepherd in your home. You're a shepherd on the bus route. You're a shepherd for a Sunday school class. And in the New Testament local church, God gives five words that refer to the pastor. He's a shepherd. He secondly is a Greek word, keruk, which means a preacher. We don't have a lot of preachers left in America. We have a lot of seminar teachers. And by the way, that's the third word, didaskalos, which means he's a teacher. And we ought to have teachers. And every preacher should be a teacher. But everybody ought to be a preacher that's in a, a pulpit too. A preacher is one who lifts up his voice and declares with authority, thus saith the Lord. Amen. We don't have a lot of that anymore. Very few, few churches call sin, sin. You know, living together, man and woman, is sin. Living together, man and man, is sin. Living together, women and women, as husband and wife, is sin. Abortion is sin. Adultery is sin. Fornication is sin. Lying is sin. Stealing is sin. Envy is sin. Hatred is sin. And God's word says, these six, uh, six things doth the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination. And we ought to name sin. There are 17 sins in the book of Je uh, uh, Galatians where it says God hates these sins. And so, yes, a gossip is sin. But we don't talk about that. Today is, today I want to give you a lesson on, if you'll follow the board up here, on the positivity of life. Well, that's not preaching. That might be teaching, and teaching is nothing wrong. Good preaching should be great teaching. But there needs to be preaching. You know why America's a mess? Because preachers are cowards. We no longer, no longer like Jeremiah and Ezekiel and Isaiah and the prophets say, thus saith the Lord. John the Baptist lost a head because he said, Herod, you're living with your brother's wife. It's sin. He lost his head over it. I wonder what preacher would say that today. What our president said, I didn't watch the, the, uh, the uh, what is that, State of the Union, but he said that every child has a God-given right Wait a minute. When you start saying God-given right, that's very serious. God-given right to be transvestites, that's not Bible. In the beginning, God created man and woman, created he him. 
them. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife. That's the Bible. I'm not saying let's hate them. I'm not saying that every family, almost every family has been affected by sodomy and lesbianism and transvestite. I know that. A cousin, a brother, a sister, a son, a daughter. I know. I'm not saying hate folks. I am saying it's sin. Just like gossip is sin and envy is sin and lusting after things you don't have. I want this. I got to have it. I'll sell my soul. I'll sell my family, but I'm going to get what I want. That's sin. Lusting after money is sin. Why is it that we think, well, smoking is sin, drinking is sin, uh, drugs is sin, sodomy is sin. Well, they are sins, but so is lying. I don't know how we get this report. I think it's 94% of people admit it, the fact that they lie regularly to those that are closest to them. So at least they told the truth there. <laughs> the Lord. Remember that's a few weeks ago we saw that what that that word Lord is not found in chapter one of Genesis. It's all God. But in chapter two, after man had messed up, you start using this word Lord. Lord is the word Jehovah. If we sang stayed upon, was it stayed upon Jehovah? Jehovah is whatever you need him to be, he is. And he is the I am. I am your source of encouragement. I am your source of peace. I am your source of sustenance. I can do anything. The Lord is my shepherd. Now I'm a little shepherd. The word, the Lord is management or ownership. The Lord is my shepherd. Who owns you and who owns me? God, God gives us a manager, and that sounds disrespectful. God gives us a manager in our life, the great shepherd, the chief shepherd. But God gives us little managers. It was easy being a shepherd easier 51 years ago than it is today because today the theme of most every Christian I know, not all, but most, is Judges 17.6. Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. I used to counsel people, don't do it, it doesn't work. Rarely do I cancel. I just tell them, if you come to Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, you'll understand. Because people, they want a pastor for burying, for marrying, for agreeing with them. Most decisions that people make with their lives, huge decisions I would never endorse. We say, well, you said, God bless you. If the Lord's leading you that way, go do that. But I don't agree with it. But you're not asking me. You have to go to the shepherd. But I'm not... Why, why create a hole in things? You're not going to listen anyway. I'm not trying to be mean. I've got the greatest church. You're sitting in the greatest church in all the world. Amen. But you say, well, I want to do this. I want to do this. I'll say, well, what have you thought? Well, I already bought the house. I already I have the job. Well, then go do it. It's wrong. No, it's something that comes with walking with God for a lifetime. There's something that come, comes uh, preaching this book for over 50 years. Something, I'm, like, I'm not smart. I have no idea how to turn it on a computer. Have, I don't know how to use a computer. You're smarter than me in every subject. But friend, I've been trying to walk with that book for over 50, well, more than that. That's when I was an adult. I'm 114 years old. I'm talking about Young preachers, I, I had an older preacher, not as old as I am, but he said, he said, I tell these boys, if you're not called of God to be a preacher, uh, and he has a Bible cause, if you're not called, don't do it, because they're not going to listen to you. I don't know if that's when he was discouraged or what, but he says, pe people don't listen. 
Hey, I have a dear, dear pastor friend. He said, I want to retire. He's younger than me. He said, I want to retire. I said, why? He says, it's like, I love pastoring. I love it. But it's like a daycare. And you have to stroke everybody and pet everybody. You can't offend anybody. And so it's just kumbaya. Let's all get along. Hey, we're having a good time. By the way, I'd like to preach this for about two hours, but visitors, I'm about a 30-minute message preacher, so you're, you're okay. The Lord is my shepherd. My dad was my manager. My dad was, my, my, I followed my dad. I was under his care. Oh, and then one of the hardest things in my life, he used to sit right back here, my mother and dad, for 33 years. My dad got old, and my mother became old. And it wasn't calculating like it used to. And his driving wasn't, and I became the manager. I said, Dad, is it time to give up the license? I don't want to. I don't want to do this. He said, son, I don't think so. Not yet. And, and then, but I said, will you at least promise me if you're going to endanger yourself or, or my mother, our mom, our people, will you, will you give up your license? He said, I promise you. He lost his license because they said he couldn't pass the ice. I said, I don't think it's time yet. I said, let's work on this. We got him the right glasses. We got everything. And we went back down to Santa Teresa, the DMV down there. I remember the day he got his license again. Praise the Lord. And I said, the same thing. If you're going to hurt somebody, will you give it to me? He goes, I will. Easter Sunday, he had a little accident. Nobody involved. He mistook the gasoline and the brake. And he came to me right before I began to preach. He said, son, I'm not driving anymore. It's time. I remember when they could not do their finances. I remember when they could not do their taxes. I remember when they, 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 didn't, they couldn't get to the beauty shop, my mother. You know, it's hard when I, don't want, I didn't want to be the manager of his life. I didn't want to direct it. I didn't want to take care of all that response. Not that I didn't have the time, which I did not, but I didn't want to do that. It was a hurt to me to have to do that. It was a hurt for me to sit in the lawyer's office with them and made sure that the will was all in order and everything was going to be paid. And all the hospital bills paid and everything stopped. The Social Security stops. I had to become the shepherd of my parents. I was spiritually for 33 years. But now for all their life, the Lord is my shepherd. Everyone needs the great shepherd, but everybody needs the little shepherd. It doesn't mean you have to stay here, but if you're going to leave here, get a, as good a shepherd or a better shepherd, and they're probably out there, I know that. But don't get a lesser shepherd. Here's what we do today. We design, Brother Bertram, our churches. And so we look online. I said, this one does this, and this one does this, and I can do this at this church. This church over here, they like to drink wine. And I'm at a church, North Valley Baptist, that doesn't believe in drinking wine. So I think I like this part of this church. And this one, they sing hymns, North Valley, but I like the rock and roll at church. And I, I like the fact that there's no rules and regulations over here. This one over here, they, they, they believe men all look like men, and ladies all look like ladies. And so this one, this one's a little bit more than I want. So I'm going to design my church. There's one right there. I like that one. That's what I'm going to take. But that's not what you need. Everyone ought to feel encouraged when they come to the house of God, but everyone ought to feel convicted too. If it's always kumbaya, I just feel so good when I go there. Something's missing. 
the Lord is my shepherd. There's so much to say, by the way, this week. If you'll just take every two, uh, get two words at a time. In verse one, there's three, two words. The Lord, my shepherd, not want. And if you'll go through, there's at least 20 or more that you can find and get a message from there. Here this morning, I'm speaking to you the need of a shepherd. The need of a shepherd. Notice what a shepherd does. A shepherd provides. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. When God's in control, you're not going to have to want. You're in a home with a mom that loves God and a dad that loves God. Stop wanting what they have not given you. Thank God for basic provision, having food and raiment, be content. Stop looking for someone else to provide your wants or your needs in your life. Stop looking to the government to find your needs fulfilled. God says if a man will not work, he should not eat. I'll help anybody who's not able-bodied. I'll buy a meal for anybody. We run, we run buses, we support missions, we invest, my wife and I, as you do, thousands upon thousands of dollars a year in people that are needy, people that don't have what we have. We just built 400 churches in the Philippines and paid for it. Our church family did together and gave them a building and gave them a pastor for a year paying a salary. Why? Because they have needs. I'm not gonna give a dime to someone that refuses to work. If a man will not work, he should not eat. That's Bible. That's the dearth in our churches. That's the dearth in America. We violate the Bible. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Why? Because verse 2, he, he, he creates green pastures for you. This church is a place of green pastures. Why, why would you use it for elementary, junior high, and high school, and college, and then go out and find some other pastures that is not green? You're going to find out there are thorns and thistles there. I'm not saying we're the only place. But why is it that it looks like there's greener pastures over the fence line? Cows do that. You ever watch them? They have acres and acres and sometimes hundreds of acres, but what do they do? They go to the barbed wire and put their head on the other side of the fence because it looks better over there. The Lord is my shepherd. Did God shepherd you this week? Did God shepherd me this week? Has God shepherded me this week? Has God been leading me by still waters that I do not need to want? God gave me green pastures, still waters. Still waters are important. Sheep cannot drink water when the water is troubled. They're frightening animals, and we get frightened so easily. <laughs> Did you see the cost of gasoline? Oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. I think I'm going to do this. Be careful. Still waters. Still waters, sheep will not go to agitated waters because they're fickle and because they're fearful and they get frustrated very easily. But God wants to lead you to still waters. Mothers and dads, your home, you're the shepherd of your home. Our homes ought to be still. We play video, we, we go to school. I, 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 I have not been, I, have lit, I don't think I've been in a restaurant. That, that we've gone to outside dining or something like a Panera Bread or something. I don't think we've been in a restaurant in the last, maybe I'm wrong. I, I, we might have. But I took a preacher and another preacher to right over here the other day. And I said, I got 50 minutes. 
I said, let's go get a, something to eat real fast. And we did about 45 minutes. And I walked in. I saw uh, nine or ten people at a table. And every single one had their phone out. Every single one was talking on their phone. Shirley Worley, good to see you in church today. And just all, all nobody talking. The, the, the average, you go to a bus stop, the kids waiting for the bus, the teenagers, they're all on their cell phones. And we get home, the first thing we do is play these video games. I had a man, a venturous capitalist, he might be listening from a distant state today, and probably about 15 years ago, he said, Brother Treatment, if you have any money, and I didn't, and he said, if you have any money, invest it in, and he told me uh, the video games. I said, I said, why would parents, I'll never forget, why would parents let kids watch video games all day long? He said, it's not for parents. It's not for children. I said, what are you talking about? He goes, the, the, you watch. The, the next wave, this is 15, 18 years ago, the next wave is going to be video games for adults. I live right across the street from a 49er football player, right over here in this neighborhood. He rented the house before he got his big mansion. And he was right across the street. I named his name. Everyone in this room knows him. Everyone knows him. And he'd be up till 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock. Other football players are coming. And they were all night. I said, what are you guys doing over there? Called by his name. What do you guys do? He goes, we play video games all night. We like it. And then one said, I think I'd rather play the video game than the real game. That's the danger. This has nothing to do with it, but I just thought of it. Thank you, Lord. That's the danger of you that are able-bodied that are sitting home on your couch watching church. That day is over. That was shut down for two years. Get to the house of God. We have cancer patients and all these other patients that are at home and in hospitals you're watching. God bless you. You need to be there. You have illnesses and you're susceptible to that. God bless you. But you folks that are sitting in your pajamas eating your Pop-Tarts and Cocoa Puffs. Get out of bed and get to the house of God. We're having a time now. The Lord's my, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm trying to tell you, listen, you're not going to make it without a church in these last days. You think Ukraine is busted up right now in Russia? By the way, Russia already has Crimea. How do you say that? Crimea. They already have Crimea. But they don't have the Black Sea. They have to get the Black Sea. In order to get the Black Sea in the tribulation time, Ezekiel 38 and 39, in order to get the Black Sea, they have to get Ukraine. Because in the last days when they make an agreement with the world, politically and religiously, Rome's going to be in charge of it all, and they're going to have to be able to have their shipping through these different straits. They've got to get, they have to get the Black Sea. Friends, you and I, if we're here before, till the tribulation, if you and I, it's going to get tough. It's going to get more than masks and sit, stand on your spot, six feet, stand right there. It's going to get a lot tougher than that. Your home needs to be still waters, where it's not all agitated, where mother and dad are not bickering at one another, where families raise good children from a dinner table. It's just slopping it down real fast, but you sit around the table, you have good Christian music playing. KMBBC would be a good thing. 
and you listen to music and instrumental music and it's very low and you're talking together and you have a wonderful time and you're not arguing with one another and you're not sitting every night at fast food restaurants but you sit down and have a family time together and you read the word of God together sometime during the day or night and you sing a song or two together and you have prayer at night when you tuck your children in bed and you go to their beds and tell them you love them. And spend time with your home. Well, that sounds like a lot of work. Well, yeah, if we don't play so much, we might have time for our kids. What we'll play so much, we might have time for our wife. What we'll play so much, we might have time for our husband and our marriage other than Valentine's. I'm stuck on verse one. The Lord is my shepherd. That tells me of provision. He gives still waters. He gives green pastures. I'm not going to have to walk. But not only he gives provision, he gives protection. Yea, though I walk through the, here it is, shadow of death. A shadow is cast. An image is made. But in order to make the image, it has to be dark. But there has to be enough light somewhere that you can cast a shadow. Without the light, you won't be able to cast a shadow. I don't know what you're going through. You're going right now, many of you up in these balconies, lower floor, you're watching on the internet right now worldwide. You're going through the shadow of death. I know I hurt for you, I ache for you. You're going through chemotherapy and you're going through dialysis and you're going through all these different issues of life and they're so difficult. You're going through the issue of life that your wife has left or your husband has left. You're going through the issue of life that your son or your daughter has broken your heart. You're going through the issue of life that your son-in-law left your daughter or your daughter-in-law has left your, your son. You're going through the issue of life that you got a little, a little I think of the, the, the emails we get around the country, around the world. You're, you're going through right now, I know, because you're going through the, the issue, grandparent, right now, and, grand, and mom and dad, you're going through the issue that your six-year-old son was just diagnosed with leukemia. It's not easy. God bless you. But cling to the fact that it just might be the shadow. There's still light. It's always darkest before the dawn. God may shine down light upon that subject in grace like you've never experienced before in the darkest moment of your life. You don't run. Please, would you listen to a shepherd? You don't run when you're discouraged. You don't run when you're frightful and fearful. You don't run when you're in, in, uh, 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 anticipating just evil things are going to happen. Sheep do that. They, they, they run. Unless a shepherd will lead them. Don't follow some sheep that's not right with God. We're told of sheep. I don't like this word. They say they're the dumbest animals. They will just follow another, and so they're there on a ledge and on a cliff. And he runs out and he just walks off. All the remainder that went with him will walk off too. Plunge to their death. I'm so tired of watching people destroy their lives because they follow some sheep. That's not right with God, but they have the right vernacular. God led me. God's leading me. God, I had a man tell me, God led me to this adultery situation. 
God. No, no, that's blasphemy. God didn't lead you to do that. It was years ago. God, God, I don't remember who it was. God, don't tell me God led you to do that. We get all wound up and all these, and we follow other sheep. And sheep will destroy sheep. I'm dealing with so many churches across America that I don't have a pastor. And they're looking for pastors right now. You name the state. I think think between all of us, we probably could find almost every. I've got so many states that we've got buildings, we've got property, we've got X amount of dollars in the bank. Whenever they tell me that, I said, oh, put my name in there. And they laugh with me. But I said, you're going to have to get a pastor soon. I've said the same thing for years. Shepherdless sheep are dangerous. Some of you are following shepherds that are hirelings. The Bible calls them hirelings. They're not your shepherd. And if they're going to be your shepherd, then don't have me as your shepherd. That's okay. It's all right. But you don't have multiple shepherds. Just like you don't have multiple wives and multiple husbands, multiple parents. No, the Lord is my shepherd. He's the chief shepherd. But I got a little shepherd. My little shepherd's going to watch out for me, protect me, and he's going to preach, and, and it won't always get the flowery things. Oh, God bless you. I love you. You know, when people say, oh, we love you, Miss Trevor. Have you ever heard that before? Oh, we love you to death. Yeah, watch a year from now. You say, well, you sound discouraged. Every pastor that's listening will tell you this. Pastoring sheep are the best thing in all the world, but it has changed immensely. Sheep are restless. Sheep are independent. And independence always destroys love. Independence always destroys leadership. And so that's why I just agree with you most of the time. You say, well, that's cowardly. No, it's not cowardly. You've already made up your mind. Why stir the pot? It's sort of like all three of our kids are in the ministry. They're all married. But when I, I walked him down, the girls down the aisle, it walked him down the aisle, he's pastoring in Arizona. But when I walked the girls, they said, who giveth this man, this woman to be married to this man? And I said, her mother and I. I have never one time, 22 years of marriage, one and 18 or whatever it is, the other, and probably 13 or 14, 15, whatever they've been married. I've never offered one moment's advice. Now, my son calls me quite a bit. So, Dad, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? What do you think about this? But I've never offered one iota advice. No hint. Because once I released them, you leave father and mother. If they want my advice, I'd be very, Brother Bridger, you've got a grown, I'd be very reluctant. Because Proverbs 20, verse 5 says, you draw it out. I'm just, I'm not even to my message yet having a good time. I'm going to close her down. There is, there is, according to this text here, there's provision and there's protection. Notice the preparation. Verse number five, thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemy. A table, it's the same word in Greek as it is in Spanish. It's the word mesa. Mesa is a flat place. It's a table place. And the shepherd always goes ahead and he sees, uh-oh, this is rock, rock, rocky here, the sharp rocks here, wild animals. And he clears it all out and he goes to a table place and he makes a sheepfold and he becomes literally the door to the sheep. So if wild animals are going to come in, they're going to have to go through the shepherd. 
And the Bible says that prepares a table, a flat place, a secure place. This is a table place. The church is a table. It's a safe place. It's a safe environment. Thou preparest a table before me. Our Christian school is a safe place. Oh, yeah, we, we've stumbled along the way. Sure, that's part of life. But I'm going to tell you something. It's a safe. They're not going to learn about all these sins and how to have abortion without your parents' consent. And how to, how to sin and how to, how to change your biological background with, and, and, and have surgeries and do whatever. You, no, they're not going to learn that at our place. They're going to learn reading, writing, arithmetic. They're going to learn discipline, respect. They're going to learn when they, you see that American flag, you stand and you put your hand over your heart. They're going to learn that about America. They're going to learn that Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world. Red, yellow, black, brown, white. They're all precious in His sight. The Bible says that he will get a prepared place for you. By the way, he's preparing a place for all of us right now called heaven. Let me close, and I see the shepherd's prosperity. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It's another two words, forever. He'll, he'll take care of you. Why? Because, like, for example... Verse 5, thou anointest my head with oil. You've heard me say it for years. Sheep, you ever see them? Sometimes on 237 they have sheep. If they're standing face to face, they have problems. Dangerous. Because sheep are created with such a way that there's always a moistness in the corner of their eyes. And it creates mucus. And when the mucus forms here and forms here... It always gets infected because that's where insects hatch their eggs in the corners of the eyes of people. The lust of the flesh, the pride of life, and the eyes, God tells us, to protect them. The eyes of the Lord over the righteous. And when the infection gets here, what happens? They stand face to face and they rub faces with another sheep who's not been yet infected most of the time. And they spread the disease. That's why you show me your friends, I'll show you your future. I'll show you how much longer you're going to be staying in church. You show me, hey, that's why I like hanging around. Don't get a lot of it. Brother in the heart, brother and Mrs. Van Dyke back there. They walk with God. They know God. And I've got so many people in this church. I want to be with you. I don't want to be around to gossip. No way, not for me. I'm not going to rub heads with you. I don't want to be around a disgruntled. No, no. I don't want to be around an antagonistic person. I don't want to be around a moody person. I don't want to be around somebody that's going to infect my eyes, infect my body, affect my family, and get my family out of the will of God. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Want to know why you're so dry? Because your cup's not running over. God said, I'll fill your cup. Surely goodness and mercy, I like those things. D.L. Moody used to preach in the 1800s. I've got two people following me around everywhere I go. Goodness and mercy. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I love, I'm trying to hang on to every day I can. As long as you'll let me stay here. I know there'll come a day. You know, 
I think God created my life to be a Christian. I think God's created me to be the husband to Cindy Swanson Treber. And to be the father of those three kids and the father-in-law of those three and the 14 grandkids. I think that's, but I know, I can't tell you this when I was young. I knew I was supposed to go in the ministry. But I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, God called me to one place to be a shepherd. Our church had about 20 people, this church. And I said, if you'll let me come, by God's grace, I'll give you 50 years of my life if you'll let me stay. 50's coming fast now. I said, what do you want to do in your twilight years, pastor of church? And I know, I know you get too old. We missed a Sunday last year, one. The year before I missed a Sunday, we went to my sister's funeral that she passed away so suddenly. I want to be here. I want to be in this church. I want to hear our orchestra. I want to hear our choir. I want to watch our ushers come forward. I want to be around God's people. I want to be around our children, our babies, our nursery. I want to be around the elementary kids, the high school kids. I just want to go preach chapel every week on Wednesday, elementary, junior high, high school, college. I want to be around there. I want to be around the deacons. I want to be around my staff. I want to be around my wife. I want to be around the sheep. They say, you interested in Retiring and buy a farm? It doesn't work that way, friend. I'll tell you how it works. You go from a house to maybe a condo or probably an apartment. And you sell all your belongings because you can't take them to the one-bedroom apartment. I know I'll get too old for you. I know that. I can't imagine not being a shepherd. Do sheep keep me up at night? Yes, they do. Please don't tell me how to sleep. I don't need a lot of sleep. But one night during the conference this week, one hour. The next night, two hours. I'm just too burdened for this thing. I'm burdened for preachers. My life is, my life God, this is what God created me to do. I preached behind one pulpit over there, worn out. There, it was all, the wood was worn out through those years. One of our ministries took it and they sanded it all down, removed all those marks. I wish they hadn't done that, but they did. This one's worn out right here. See, so doesn't that hurt? Not after you've been doing it 50 years, it doesn't hurt. It's just, it's part of preaching. Bless God. Man, I tell, I'm telling you today, find a shepherd for your family. And don't get so sideways, sheep, and don't start following the wrong sheep, and don't follow the wrong shepherd. If we could, I don't, we have people galore watching, and we have people on our radio stations nationwide everywhere listening to us. But I'm not their shepherd. I said, I tell them on the radio all the time, don't call. I'm not going to come visit you in the hospital nowadays. You can't go see anybody in the hospital. But I said, I won't, I won't be there. At your... We had one of our little girls. I held her yes, in, her, in my arms the day she was born. Yesterday she was married in Texas. Gabby Scurry says, Pastor, would you come? We want you to help perform the wedding. I said, I can't come. I love them so much. 
And I can't, I can't be the shepherd of other people. I wish I could tell you really what I'd like to tell you. But I don't think sheep can take it all. And if I could tell you what I wanted to tell you, I think I'd help your life. If I honestly felt like I could say no, not because of what I want, but if I could say no, I think I could help you. Not that I'm so smart. I, I, could, I closed. We were in a roller skating rink. Our church was running it. No heat, no air conditioning, no lights. Abandoned in Irvington, Fremont now. 1962, Clarence Nelson was the junior church director. My sister, twin sister, and I were the last two in the verse down contest. I only won one trophy in my life. It's about that tall. I threw it away, I think, probably a couple years ago. It said 1962, verse down champion. It was me. I was against the smartest girl in all the world, my twin sister. She's watching in Florida maybe right now. She's much, she was straight A. I was straight something else, but it wasn't A. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> my mother, at her death, gave me a whole box, and in that box is all my report cards, and the report cards all said the same thing. Teachers were prejudiced against me. Every one of them, from kindergarten up, said, Jack's a good boy, but he doesn't listen. They must have conspired against me. But you know, we were there at that contest, and my sister, who was so smart, brilliant, especially compared to me, she knew every verse, and every verse they gave it, and she got to Psalm 23. I was standing here, she was standing there in that old roller rink on a Sunday morning. She froze on Psalm 23. And it wounded me because I knew if I said it, I'd win it. You know how long I was wounded? To the brainchild of the world? I was wounded about five seconds. Jack, go ahead. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. I wish I'd have blown it for her. What a chapter. Let's stand together. As we stand, please. I don't know how to give the invitation. Come forward. You're going to probably think with our heads bowed. Well, he probably thinks I don't love the church. I'm not. You all need, I need a shepherd. Most of my shepherds that guided me, older pastors are all dead. It's a hard time right now. I depend more upon my wife being my shepherd than she'll ever know right now. Because the Bobby Robertson is in heaven and the Lee Robertson is in heaven. Tom Malone's in heaven. On and on it goes. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.